0: I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. Places, everyone, it's time for The, the Connor, Connor and Smith,
1: Smith Show. Show.
0: Thank you, Places. So, today we're going to be talking to Jeff McCarthy. Uh, you know him from uh, Oliver at Arena Stage here locally, but also many other theatrical productions, including You're in Town and many others that we'll get into. That's You're in Town on Broadway, of course. And we will get all into it. We're gonna take a quick break. We will be right back.
2: Jeff, how are you? Hey, Stephen, I'm I'm fine. <laughs> I'm down on the beach in North Carolina, where there's an enormous storm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Other than that, everything's good.
0: Where in North Carolina?
2: Wilmington. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 the uh, this came up from Cuba. This uh, whatever it's called, Elsa. Elsa, yes. And yes. apparently, it's headed up your way as well, or maybe it's already there. I don't know.
0: We've got just like some sprinkles and stuff. It's yeah. not a big deal. Um, I'm sitting here with my husband Matt. Hi Matt. Hi, Je- Hi Jeff. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. <laughs> um, well, is, are you supposed to get any kind of like serious weather out of this, or is it like just rain?
2: Well, it's a tropical storm, but the ocean is just reeling like crazy, and uh, and there's major. There was 75 mile an hour winds this afternoon, but it's not damaging anything. So.
0: And should probably be out of there before too long.
2: Hopefully. Yeah. 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 We'll see.
1: So are you down there near
2: like Wrightsville? That's where I am. I'm at Wrightsville beach. Exactly. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this area, huh? Oh, we love it.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, we know North Carolina a little bit. We used to, of course, travel down to the outer banks every year. And I don't know. There's just something, as you know, everyone knows you get to the beach and you realize your life is complete. And you wonder (laughs) why you leave the beach.
2: Are you guys in Virginia, right? Yeah, yeah, we're in Arlington. Oh, 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 great, great. I love Arlington. We're about, we're about
1: three miles from the Pentagon.
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: Just in case they need us.
2: I've stayed <laughs> there a few times when I worked at Signature, and I go over there whenever I worked at Arena and such. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yes, yes, indeed. You you are not uh, shy to these parts theatrically. No.
2: I would love to live in D.C. because it's politics and theater, the two things that I'm deeply engaged in, you know. So. Um, and,
1: and currently, uh, we, I can't tell the difference.
2: Right. <laughs> True. <laughs> and, and maybe what, we what, shouldn't be able to tell the difference. <laughs> right. What, uh,
0: what did you do at Signature?
2: I did a thing called um, Fox on the Fairway. Yes. Of course. Ken yeah. Ludwig. Yes, exactly. And John Rando directed it, who did You're in Town with me on Broadway. Or I did it with him, rather. Holly Twyford. Yes. Yeah. 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 Right.
1: That 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 play was hysterical.
2: Yeah.
0: She, she she had fallen victim to hysterical blindness.
1: That's right.
2: <laughs> That's not what it was. Yes. <laughs> oh my God! This was like God ten years ago. It's hard to remember, but yeah, it's
1: been Good. some time. I remember t- telling Holly uh, Twyford that night, she said, Matt, did you like the show? And I said, Holly, the cast was so amazing, I don't know if I even could critique the play.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is, has she been working prior to COVID a lot? I would imagine she is. And has. She's,
0: she's like one of the stalwarts of DC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> she's one of the big names. I really um,
2: like her. She's deeply talented and a great person, you know.
0: And yeah, and can play anything just yeah. just yeah. across the spectrum. Yeah. Yeah, um, we
2: were romantically in love in that play, as I recall. That's so you I,
1: stayed you stayed in the apartments right there in Shirlington.
2: Yes, yeah,
1: yeah. Above I guess at that time it was above the Johnny Rockets.
2: Yes, it so. was. And yeah. out on my deck one day, a bunch of 10 a bunch of uh, 10 speed bikes came by. And there goes George W. Bush came riding by. And so I thought, well. Oh, wow. Whatever. <laughs> Do you know, I, I don't think I
0: put it together when you and I worked together. But that's why you look so familiar to me. Because you saw Fox and the Fairway. No, be, well, not just because that. But whenever I wasn't doing a show, my, my survival job, I tended bar at the Signature.
2: Oh, no kidding. Well, wow.
0: yeah. And I don't think I had put, I think there had been too much time between Fox and the Fairway and Oliver that I couldn't really put that together.
2: I see, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm sure Um, we uh, did business, you and I. I'm sure we (laughs) did.
0: Yeah. I remember one night I was bartending and Ken was there and he wanted to buy everyone drinks. Yeah. And uh, you always
1: tell this story. I know. um,
0: (laughs) It's funny. (laughs) It's, it's, I, I think Holly wanted to go home
1: yeah.
0: And uh, I think, you know, she, I think she, I can't remember what she ordered, but it, something brown and no ice, very neat yes, in a yeah, cup. Yeah. And uh, Ken was telling a story and holding court and everyone, you know, laughed at the appropriate time because mm. he was buying the drinks. <laughs> and and she went, ha, 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 turned around to the bar and said, I'll have another. Uh, <laughs> and then at a certain point near the end of the evening, I mean... It's it's Ken's the kind of guy who lives in that kind of door slammer uh, kind yeah. of comedy style and and lots of vocabulary words that you have to look up like yesteryear yeah. kind of things and, and lots of doors right yeah. and after right and yeah, after yeah. he settled the check he said okay I'm gonna what is oh God what is it twenty three skidoo out of here. <laughs> i was like who says that except i started saying it after that because i was like this is the most absurd saying
1: to try to say in the 2000s 23
2: skidoo yeah Yeah. that was my mom used to say that all the time right i Um, think
1: i think jeff was about ready to 23 skidoo with this damn podcast (laughs) he was about
2: (laughs) to he was like look guys well i you you were being very graceful with my (laughs) idiotic, not idiotic it's complicated
0: It's not idiocy. It's just that they keep making these things harder to use. They
2: do. And I never found browser settings. I looked and looked and looked here all night. Anyway, yeah.
0: Um. So way back before you were hanging around D.C., you were born in in L.A., right?
2: Yes. Yeah. Grew Grew up up in in California. Central Um, California. Yeah. And
0: schooling, schooling for you was at Pacific Conservatory Performing right, Arts, which right? was
2: three blocks away from my house. The, the luckiest, seriously, luckier than any Broadway job I ever had was growing up three blocks from that theater. I did plays with Robin Williams, Kathy Bates was there, Boyd Gaines, Harry Groener, all these amazing people. So that, that was an incredible stroke of luck, yeah
0: and and uh if you hear it, squeaky toys these dogs <laughs> i can't uh, you know you you were we were in oliver together when we lost our last pug uh buddha
2: oh my god
0: and th- then we were so depressed we said we would never get another dog so we got two more pugs um <laughs> i Edgar used to have Allen,
2: a pug and we were when, after my dad died we got a pug yeah. And he ran away the hour that my stepmother remarried. Oh wow. And That's his weird. Name, his name was Pug and he yeah, he replaced my dad one Christmas. Yeah, when my dad died. Anyway. Wait a minute, Jeff.
1: Did you say the pug's name was Pug? Yes,
2: yes, yes. <laughs>
1: That's very on the nose. <laughs> he, Let me tell you, our pugs, especially during this uh weird time of the pandemic. I mean, I don't know how we would have like survived without the yeah. The therapy of the two dogs.
2: Everybody's, it seems everybody's gotten a dog during this pandemic thing. You the know?
0: shelters have been cleared, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah. So what are but your there, pugs' names? Well, Lord Byron. Lord Byron yeah. is our blonde fawn pug. He goes yeah. by
1: Bye-Bye or Boom Baba. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then Edgar Allan Pug is our black pug.
2: There we go.
1: And he's Eddie Spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> and Edgar Allan Pug would love, I mean, Edgar Allan pug, pug would love that.
2: <laughs> My pug loved to be picked up by his, the, the extra skin on his back and lifted yeah. up into the sky, right? They're, they're, they're yeah. curious beasts, but I love them. They're,
0: they're very strange, yeah. very strange, yeah. but, but comical. Yeah, um, truly. And these boys we got, uh, they're half-brothers, and they were, um, God, five months apart. Yeah. Uh, so they're, they're almost close to the same age, just by five months. And wow. I don't know. I guess we hated ourselves, because <laughs> we decided to have two puppies at once because we thought it would somehow be easier. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't. Anyway. No,
1: no, so, yeah. so, Jeff, I've never been to L.A., but when you're talking about L.A. and growing up in L.A., L.A. doesn't have, like, a central hub, kind of like the cent- center of New York, Manhattan, a feeder district. There's lots of different boroughs, kind of yes. like lots of
2: different Arlington's. Yeah. Well, I actually, I mean, I was born in L.A., but we, soon thereafter, because my brother had asthma, And the smog in L.A. drove us up to the central coast above Santa Barbara, which is where PCPA is, the theater that I grew up on. Mm -hmm. But yeah, but then after I went down to after New York in the 80s, I was offered to do the L.A. production of Les Mis, the first production out there. So we moved out there and I lived there for seven years in West Hollywood and uh, Valley Village, which is over on the on the uh, east side of town there right near
1: Oh oh nice yeah
2: yeah yeah I, but i don't like la i mean driving around in cars all the time i like walking on the streets and running into people and all that so That's,
1: i mean it looks it looks like even the beaches are are vastly different from the west coast and the east coast
2: right yeah yeah I would say that today, especially. Yeah.
1: Now, why is that? Just because of the difference of the, the, the cold front, uh, water temperatures, uh, Pacific versus Atlantic? Do you yeah. have any idea, Stephen?
2: I don't. No. It's I mean, the, uh, what do they call that? The, the current that is much warmer that comes to the West Coast than the East Coast. I mean, it's fine here now in July, but it's, uh, you know, yeah. the Atlantic Olsen is cold until about now, it seems
0: so so going back to to you and your life here at so you did master's program american conservatory theater yeah. um and then and and you became a company member there right yeah i did I that's did. when you did all the other shows with like famous people or that that was different
2: well famous relative to regional theater and whatnot at act yeah yeah. Uh, and, and, but I, we worked with Sam Shepard on The Buried Child, the first regional production of that he was there, obviously, in uh, the San Francisco area. But I worked with, you know, Bill Patterson and Sidney Walker and all these people that had had careers in New York prior to that, which was a huge thing to me at that age because I just come from this small town, Santa Maria, which was nothing back in the 60s and 70s, you know. <clears throat> it's now a much bigger town because the wine industry is has moved into the central coast and there's lots and lots of money there because of that. But it, Interesting. I up, it was like 28,000 people. And now it's 140, I think something like that. Oh, so wow, Bigger than Santa Barbara. Yeah. Population wise.
0: So what, what happened first? Like after, after you were in the ACT, like, did you go to, did you do TV stuff first or theater stuff or everything was simultaneous
2: after ACT? I, we came and did the, uh, what do they call it? I, we came to Juilliard and did the presentations for all the agents. And I had like six agents that wanted to sign me. So I did that and I waited to see what my next season was at ACT and it was not great. So I came to New York and uh, actually at the, uh, oh God, I can't think of the name of them. Whatever they were called when all the agents came to Juilliard and saw us. Rosemary Tischler from the Public Theater saw me and offered me to cover Kevin Kline in Pirates of Penzance. Wow. And I said, I don't cover anybody. And furthermore, who the hell is Kevin (laughs) Kline?
0: Exactly. Yeah.
2: I thought, oh, Linda said that would be cool. But no, thank you. I I don't understudy anybody. So I came to New York that summer and saw it, and it blew me away. He was just astonishing, as we all know and uh, and then I moved to New York, and four months later, after having not booked a job, they offered it to me again. so that was my first uh, Broadway show was and Kevin was leaving to do the movie so I covered covered uh, uh, Treat Williams for six months. that was my first but it was only six months and I left because I didn't enjoy being an understudy so Wow. That was the beginning Um, of it, yeah. Kevin Klein. who the hell is he, right? Right. I don't
0: know. That's hysterical. So then you just kind of stuck around uh, New York. Yeah. What was the next step for you? What was the
2: next step? I believe it was uh, Zorba. Uh Aha. Yeah, I went into that. Bob Westenberg, who was my classmate at ACT, I wasn't there when they auditioned for Zorba originally, but Bob got the job and he didn't get along with Anthony Quinn. So they toured it and then they brought it to Broadway a month after they opened on Broadway. Bob said, that's enough. I don't want to work with this guy anymore. And they cast me and I spent a year with Anthony Quinn and he was, he was complicated uh, to be graceful about it. Um, But that was a, a great job. And then I went from that into smile which didn't last very long, you know, based on the '70s movie that was uh, basically a response to the Nixon administration, I think, and the narrow-minded way of America at that point.
0: Yeah, but it, it was—it's one of uh, several of the cult musicals that you would go on to be in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because that still has quite a following. Smile. I know. Um, I know. And it's interesting. Have
2: you ever seen it?
0: no i've heard it i've not seen it
2: yeah i've never seen a production since either but uh it was funny howard ashman who i adored we all adored him he decided to go the high road with that show and not be judgmental about beauty pageants but i think the whole i think the whole uh, theater community was waiting for them to trash beauty pageants and uh he sort of pulled the he backed off of that and it kind of made it generic personally that's what i think what happened mm. so we only I think ran ev- five weeks i think yeah.
0: i think everyone was waiting for the kind of treatment that beauty pageants got in drop dead gorgeous
2: yeah yeah
0: um right that's that's probably would have made it an even bigger hit because yeah. people want to laugh at perfection or the the attempt of perfection well yeah
2: and a bunch of girls on display in their bathing suits that needs to be trashed, you know? So, right. As much Absolutely. as we all liked looking at it, you know? So. Right. Yeah. Um, so there's a gap here in your,
0: your uh, theater time, at least that, that I see. Did this, was this a time you went back to California and started doing, uh, you have over like 35, 36 different roles in uh, guest star and recurring appearances on uh, TV shows. Is that when you went back? Or- yeah.
2: Well, it was first we went to the Denver Center and did a season there. And then I got cast to play Javert in Les Mis out in Los Angeles. And I went there and my agent said, now, don't, 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 uh, this isn't going to amount, don't let, don't expect this to turn into TV work. Well, they were wrong. I did guest star things on everything that was happening back in the 80s in, in L.A., and several, or I don't know, four or five movies anyway. But, uh, and then I got cast as uh, the voice of Michigan J. Frog for the Warner Brothers TV Network, which was a, a huge. It was, it was insane money for that thing, which uh, several people said, oh, don't mention that it's about money. But it was. <laughs> you know? But it was of course. also a blast, you know, to, to be the voice of that famous Warner Brothers Chuck Jones creation so and then my daughters were born and my wife and I we wanted them to be raised on the east coast and then I was offered beating the beast on Broadway so I uh, we took that and we came back east because I still had the Michigan J frog job so it was a a very lucrative time in my life you know and the beast you were in the beast
0: for a couple years right
2: yeah two and a half years yeah yeah yeah. And boy, how did your skin take that? My skin was okay with it. My, I had a herniated disc that was challenged by it, <laughs> and yeah. uh, yeah, it, it that all turned out all right. I was about to have surgery on this herniated disc, and three feet of snow fell in Manhattan, and they delayed it for a month. In that time, I, I discovered Pilates, and it went uh-huh. away forever and ever. I never had a problem with my herniated disc again. Oh, wow, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I did have a crazy Russian um, a woman who followed me around during that period. She was just obsessed with me being the Beast. Um, and the police finally had to keep her away from me because it got kind of insane. Anyway. She would, like, follow you to the subway? And... Yes, oh, and to the train, because I lived up in Westchester County at that point. And she would show up outside the stage door every night, and it was... Crazy. And then a couple of years later, I wasn't playing the Beast anymore. And I passed her on the street and she didn't care about me at all. It was all about being the Beast. <laughs> so. Wow. And ultimately, what would she have done if she like caught you? Well, I spoke to her a few times and I actually signed something for her at one. And she was fine. But she was there every night. And then she, I would go to Grand Central to get on the train and she'd be waiting for me at the bottom of the steps there, you know. It got weird, so.
0: And we are able to share with the audience, her name was Maria <laughs> Butina. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I don't, I can't remember her name right now. Anyway, she She was, really
1: was in love with Belle and she was like, why do you take her away from me?
2: Yes, yes, right. That's, I'm sure All that's I could, true.
0: All I could picture in my head was that that spy woman Maria Bettina, that was just in the, the news with all that yeah. Trump stuff. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's probably some kind might of might be the same woman. It's it's who knows Trump infiltrating and the beast. You know
2: they're the yeah.
1: same people. I would just love it if, like, every night you left the theater in someone else's costume, <laughs> trying to disguise yourself from yes. her.
2: So got... you
0: did
1: that right up to. Another big cult sh-
0: show that you were in, Sideshow, right? Sideshow,
2: right. Right up, we did the workshop while I was doing Beating the Beast, yeah. And we all deeply believed in Sideshow, but, you know, uh, Manny Eisenberg, who produced it, he admitted to have not putting enough money away to market the thing <laughs> at the same season as Lion King and and uh, Ragtime and and cabaret with uh, uh, Alan Cummings, you know that all happened the same season, and he just hadn't set enough money aside, it, and so down we went, unfortunately. Because
1: I remember something about I remember at the time uh, one of our Chendo uh, uh, Conservatory buddies, J. Robert Spencer, was I think a swing in yeah, it.
2: Yeah, yeah, he was.
1: He's- and I remember you know towards the end of trying to keep it. Um, alive, people, were, you know, are holding, handing out lots of um, information about it. Come see our show. Come see our show. But yeah. man, I have to tell you, I was living in Washington D.C. The first time I heard that CD, this this uh, roommate came home and was like, "You have to hear this music. Yeah. You have to hear this score." And we, I never forget listening to that. And you know, it was one of those albums and one of those uh, stories. The, the come look at the freaks right. and. Just the subject matter with the uh, style of music, it was really, really an incredible journey. And yeah. there still is such a obsession with that sort of show and subject matter and the twins and yeah. Alice and Emily and yep. all of that.
2: I know, I know. And they did a revival of it, and I will be candid here, but I think they sort of flattened it out further, the revival which was what, I don't know, seven or eight years ago.
1: Yeah, we saw it at the Candy Center, didn't we, Stephen? did you did I just see? You myself? saw
0: it. I did not. Yeah. I, I was doing a show.
1: And I have to be honest with you. I don't know what I'm ever seeing at the Candy Center because whenever I go to the Kennedy Center, I'm having a theatrical experience on top of going to the Candy Center. Right. And so I'm seeing this huge theater where I feel very kind of disconnected and I'm never sure. I wouldn't see it in a theater and not that the Kennedy Center's not.
2: Yeah.
1: It just always feels like I'm kind of like in a movie theater no, and I'm like, no. oh, "Okay, that was fun."
2: No, <laughs> it's where all the presidential medals of honor are presented and all that. I know it's very distracting.
1: Yeah, um maybe I'm just mad because I wasn't in it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's do a revival. Let's do another one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um so that that i'm trying to hit all this stuff here I, I gotta ask you about something that i you know i'm doing all the very best research jeff it, this is wikipedia tastic um, <laughs> so i want to hear david letterman created a running bit for you who played a politician in the middle of primary season announces on the late show that he'll run for president yes. what what was that all about
2: well they brought me in to play mitt romney originally and we, they wrote it and we rehearsed it. And they said, you know what? The writing is not cutting it. So they, we didn't shoot it that night. And then four years later, uh, who was running against who? It might have been John Kerry versus George W. Bush. I don't, I don't remember the chronology exactly. But they brought me up because everybody in the world was running for president at that point. So that was letterman's joke is that i was just this anonymous idiot you know and they the producers came up and said letterman loves you and you don't meet david letterman until you're on the air with him you know he doesn't come down and socialize at all back in the day oh wow but the producers they were like we love you david loves you but for some weird reason i did that episode and ran for president and then i came back a month later and shut down the campaign and I've never understood that because I thought it had great potential to make fun of, you know, primary campaigns and such. But it was fun being on that show with him because I love David Letterman, don't we all? You know.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's that's interesting. It could have actually been done again in this past <laughs> every <laughs> election. I know. Primary season. I know. Yeah. Because if we thought that was a lot back then, we had no idea what was coming. Um, <laughs> yes. In many ways, (laughs) yep, yep,
2: yep. I know. So
0: a lot of people uh, also know you from your Star Trek appearances. Um, So you were in season three, episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation. I think I you recently posted, I think a little short video from that on social media. Right, right,
2: yeah. Um,
0: In the Hunted was the name of the episode, and your character was. Roga Danar? Danar, yeah. Roga Danar. Danar? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so for those not, at, you know, for most people who don't know what it's like being on the set of a yeah. very iconic, famous yeah. science fiction TV show, um, just just a brief overview of like what that experience was like for you and, and how fun that must have been.
2: It was a blast. It was a blast. I mean, I wasn't a big Star Trek fan prior to that to be candid with you, but at Paramount in LA, all of the movie sets and the TV sets were all there set out. So on my breaks, I would walk around and just gawk at, uh, you know, all the scenery that was there. But Patrick Stewart was incredibly nice. And I ran into him at several parties in the following years when I was still out in LA and he was just incredibly accessible and, and wonderful and uh, what's her name that I played opposite the beautiful? She's actually Cockney, but, oh, God. Sorry, guys. Can't her name. I had all the scenes with her. And she uh, she was a very classy Greek woman in the show. But in real life, when I'd run into her at parties, she was this little downtown, you know, East Village Cockney. Oh, God. Marina serkis that's her name. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, Thank yeah, you. Yeah. But uh, it, it was great fun. And then they brought me back to do Voyager, the pilot of that. It was a character that died in the, in the pilot. But um, that was sort of a little reward because my episode was quite well-known, actually, on Next Generation. And I'm supposed to do an interview with them uh, for the Star Trek channel in the next couple of weeks. Uh, so we'll see. we'll see. It's
0: always interesting to me uh, going to either Arena or... Shakespeare, and you'll see all these incredible Shakespearean actors or classically trained actors, and there's Star Trek all over their resumes because it's like there's a standard that Star Trek even seeks out—that's like a higher level actor that can that won't make it seem like a campy, you know, '60s show. Like, no, I mean, Star Trek
2: was about big ideas, you know, and such. Yeah, that's and yet it recalled. you need to just you know be a current actor but uh, Roddenberry he cast me himself in that which was a great honor and I you know met him and chatted with him for a few minutes but that was a great thing my, my oldest daughter was about to be born so that's what I think that was 31 years ago that show when I had you know jet black hair still and all that so yeah great job
0: And uh, you and I, of course, intersected in the 2015 production of Oliver at Arena Stage. Yeah. Um, I recall, and I know this from your social media postings too, but you're a very big art fan, correct?
2: Yes, yeah, and I paint a lot, yeah.
0: And has that been a lifelong thing or a kind of more?
2: About 30 years, actually. I was up at Huntington Stage in Boston and my dearest friend in New York was gay and had AIDS. And I did this painting of this uh, Naga hide chair and the, and the upholstery buttons look very much like his eyes. So I did a triptych of the chair and the chair upside down and the chair flying away. And I took it to him and uh, uh, he said, Oh, let's hang it at my Memorial. And I thought, oh, okay, Robert, his name was Robert Pollens, He was my closest friend in New York. And then he said, "You know what? if we put this at the memorial, my dad will take it and throw it in the garage afterwards, so let's not so i I kept it, and then I did him this long mural that they did hang at his memorial. but uh, that's when I started painting seriously, and that was well, about thirty years ago. yeah and are you a
0: collector of others works as well or somewhat
2: but not not a lot uh, you know. <laughs> We work in the theater and, um, you know, the show comes and then it closes and you and your self-esteem goes down when you don't get hired. But I have my paintings all around my place and it keeps my self-esteem up because I go, wow, wow, I painted that. Ooh, how about that? You know, so. I yeah, enjoy. you can't
0: you can't easily access and view your career as in a right, theater. As an actor, you know?
2: Right. But I'm having a big show in, in Houston, Texas in September. Uh, and so I'm, I'm the learning curve of being a painter and an artist that way is, uh, new to me, but people seem to want to support me that way. So,
1: Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, it really is. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, I want to hit on just a few more things that, uh, you have done in the past before, um, wrapping up here. I don't want to take too much more of your time. I know we wasted like 20 minutes, um, And that was because of tech issues, everyone. That's just because I cut that first part out. All right. So let's just talk real quick about uh, you're in town. Okay. (laughs) Um, So you were Mr. Officer Lockstock. Yeah. uh, And you guys opened in September 2001.
2: Yes. We were supposed to preview on September 9th or 8th, something like that. No, no, sorry. We were supposed to preview on September 13th, but 9-11 happened and we had to delay it for a week, and the, which was bizarre because then we did it a week later and we all gathered together in the basement and crossed arms and cried our eyes out, but we did it. And the audience was small at that point, but the, uh, people were very appreciative that we had some humor to add to the hideousness of 9-11. And there were all these jokes about people falling off buildings in, in your And we had to rewrite some of that because of, you know, yeah,
1: of course. Yeah. But such a fantastic
2: show. It is a great show. And I I think they need to make a movie of it now, you know? Yeah. 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 And I think there's actually talk about that. So, it wasn't.
1: I mean, I was in the audience clearly when I saw it, and I just saw it at Signature Theatre, uh, not on Broadway. But um, I felt like when I was watching it the whole time, I was thinking, oh, my God, this is such an amazing concept. Oh, my God, this is so funny. Oh, my yeah. gosh, this is so smart.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: And you had one of the, like best numbers in the show um <laughs>
2: which the cop song. <laughs> oh god yes the rap yes. thing yeah that was great fun
0: yeah well it's just it was just very unexpected and like the whole show was you know um but that's a, yet another kind of cult show that has much like sideshow gained following afterwards yeah. and then gained more traction oh I'm, it
2: gets produced all over the country in high schools and colleges now
0: yeah oh absolutely yeah, yeah.
2: And let me tell you a story. I've told this before in interviews. John Cullum and I were off in a side room and we were rehearsing for Off-Broadway, you know, when we played above above a police station. And John hated the show and I hated the show. And we were like, oh God, this thing, God damn it. And we were (laughs) bitching back and forth. And then we walked, we literally walked through the door and they were rehearsing Snuff That Girl, a big number in the second act. And it was at that moment that the window opened, and from there on, it was just an ascension into all the success and fun and joy that that show was. You know.
0: Wow, that's yeah. another another great song that I forgot about until you just said that. Yes, yeah, not God. that girl,
2: and it was it was beautifully choreographed and lit and everything else. Yeah,
1: but you know, it is kind of hard sometimes when you're doing your part of the show to kind of see what, you know, the bigger picture is on many shows because especially if they're newer shows, you just don't really quite know yet what you're even, what's even going to happen. Yeah, yeah and,
2: and reading it just as a, on the page, it's it like, what the hell is this thing? But it yeah. is, the rest is history. It's a, it's a fabulous show, for sure. I went
1: to I went to see The Light in the Piazza with a, a friend of mine and after the lights came up at the end, he said, hey, Matt, have a good idea for a show. It's about a girl that gets kicked in the head at by a horse, and then goes hmm. on vacations in Italy.
2: Ah.
1: And it, just him saying that was like, oh my gosh, that's kind of what we just watched, but it was such a brilliant show, you yeah. know?
2: Yeah, that's a great show. I love Lightning Piazza. Yeah. Wow, boy.
1: So I
0: just realized that I distracted myself with my art question away from the Oliver of it all. Ah. Um, was that your first Fagin uh, at Arena Stage in 2015?
2: Yeah, yeah. And Molly um, but- didn't want me to be Jewish in that thing. You know, which the orchestration, everything is all, uh, you know, Kretzmer Orchestra and everything. She didn't want it to be about being Jewish and being, you know.
0: Supporting any kind of stereotype or anything like that. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. So we didn't go there. And that's why, I guess, why she cast me. But no, it's the first time I've ever played it. And I would love to do it again. But it was quite a different.
0: The whole show is quite a different take. Yeah. Uh, which was refreshing in a world where Oliver has done every, you know, summer stock and, you know, high school. Um, And I'll never forget because it was kind of, God, that production was like the whole cast really did have input into everything. Yeah. And uh, Tom's story. (laughs)
1: Story.
2: (laughs) I haven't seen him since then. I love that guy.
1: Tom and Doria.
0: Doria, yeah.
1: Oh my God! What? what, what oh my God! The sour
0: berries. Choices, choices. Right, right, right.
1: Um, I I just
0: remember that the modern take was kind of something we, I know we were always going to do something different and new, and there was you know, I remember the first day there was talk of you know, perhaps changing the Bill Sykes death to a different way and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do you remember the dog was supposed to? Yeah, the dog was supposed to eat him or something. (laughs) I don't remember that. Okay. (laughs) Which actually there was a sound effect of like him being eaten by his dog after he fell into the sewers. Oh,
2: yes, yes, yes. Right, right, right. right. I
1: did think it was kind of fantastic the way Jeff, if I remember this correctly, Jeff at the end sort of had like packed up his bags and was in like a nice sort of... Suit and sort of like was maybe continuing the story of like and the story's not over. There yeah. we go.
2: No, that that was uh, I will be honest, and that was my idea that I mentioned to Molly that he becomes a successful corporate businessman. You know. Yeah,
0: yeah it, you emerge from a manhole in like right. a beautifully tailored suit and yeah. a rolling suitcase. Right, right, right. Yes,
2: I remember. Um, yeah.
0: And what's so great about it is the lyrics play exactly against what you looked like. <laughs> like <laughs> there's a desperation in your lyrics yet the it was a very brilliant way of nicely tying um,
2: it all together, yeah.
0: And that exit, I mean, it was it reminded me of when uh, at the end of Silence of the Lambs, when, uh, yes. oh. when Anthony Hopkins puts on his sunglasses and starts strolling down the street. Right. Chilton. Right. 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 Goes um, to
1: the beaches of North Carolina.
0: <laughs> 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 but that exit got incredible applause and laughter every night. Yeah, um, yeah.
2: Capitalism um, in action. Yeah.
0: It was. Well, who understands that better than D.C. <laughs> audiences, right?
2: Yeah, I guess
0: um that was we just talked to paul vote uh did you a few weeks ago on the podcast yeah Ah. um also hysterical it was an incredible cast of talent what i really loved and i say this i've said this before but i you know who doesn't love molly uh she's
1: fantastic
2: to work with
0: person yeah
2: a truly great person
1: I love that space. Well, and you know what about that space versus the candy center? You know, the candy center is very big, and I feel like I'm not really a part of anything. That space is big, but I kind of like have to walk down into it. Yeah. And so I feel like I'm being immersed into something. It's yeah. really quite the opposite.
2: Yep. Yeah, I know. And the,
0: the uh, kitchen. <laughs> the, I the kitchen. love the kitchen. Like all of the cast would like eat in that kitchen. Oh, on right, breaks. right, right. Yes,
2: yes. That was adjoined uh, to the green room or something, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And uh, and as someone who has worked at Arena before the renovation yeah. and after the re- renovation, oh my God, uh, night and day, because that was just uh, that kitchen. Is, what it does is foster the cast relationships and yes. bonds people together at these very long tables where everyone has a seat. You right, know? right, right. Yeah. Wow. And Molly would just come out and sit with us in the thick of it all. Yeah. And
2: yeah, she's a real human being and not a power monger, you know. Not, at all, are not we, at all. So are they opening up I get emails from them. Is is that all going forward this fall? Do you think? I don't
1: I don't know if I think so. Oh, yeah.
2: Good.
0: Yeah. I mean they've they've managed to keep afloat like you know, many have uh, during this time through many innovative ways um yeah. they did a show with ife butler out um at the wharf which wasn't there when you were here but it's this new waterfront huh. that's incredible it's right across the street wow. i mean you wouldn't recognize it jeff mm-hmm. it's it's yeah Great. speaking of capitalism in action but um they did a show outdoors though there uh, and Good. So, and I know that I think they're coming back to, you know, do you know, arena became like a vaccination site? Yes, I know. Yeah, I do know that. Which is so awesome.
2: It was incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Once again, that's just Molly being so generous. She's she's the
2: real thing. I love her dearly.
0: Well, the community that needed help the most is the community that lives directly around that area. So, Mm. I I mean, Mm -hmm. talk about using art and art Mm -hmm. buildings to help, provide for the community community yeah that's what it's all about well jeffrey um i want to we wrap up with three questions every time so i don't want to take too much more of your time um i'm going to turn you over to matt for the first two okay
2: all right (laughs) i'm all excited
1: um the first question that we usually ask is during the pandemic a lot of people sort of had a little extra time they started learning Different languages, learning different vocations of how to bake and things they maybe would never take the time to learn. Did you take on any brand new computer classes, or did you learn anything different that you normally wouldn't take the time to, to do?
2: I'm ashamed to say no. I mean, I, I've been painting a lot, so I've grown and grown that way. And I, and I make videos with my brother and my oldest best friend from childhood. And we've written music and made videos and all that sort of thing, but no, nothing, nothing new.
1: Oh, that's, well, that's still fantastic. I mean, you've got, you've already got things to do.
2: So, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, The second question is with your spare time, did you get to indulge in some sort of episodic series that you normally maybe wouldn't take the time to enjoy all 28 episodes of?
2: Harry i i didn't all that much i don't watch television to be honest with you i watch netflix and uh youtube and whatnot i've uh, there was uh the french village i have indulged in that series on french television and uh uh i think netflix counts though if you had a netflix thing that you binge Yeah. yeah yeah i don't binge though i i mean my daughter binges and and uh no, I, I don't watch a great deal of stuff. I mean, that's, I, you know, all the Academy Award nominees, The Father, and uh, Very Special Woman, is that what it was called, Carrie Mulligan's thing? I, I mean, I watched all those, because I get all the, uh, being a SAG member, I get all the uh, all the discs to watch those. But, uh, no, I'm, I'm not a big TV watcher. So. And finally, um, so
0: we've been, we're working with a, a- Matt's uh, producing the holiday album for our colleague uh, Susan Derry, and it's called "I Wish It So." And
2: I love Susan. I love isn't
0: her. she the best? I love her. Yeah. Um, she well, so it's been we've been working with her on different things. Uh, we I made this box to contain wishes of our guests. That um, we're also working another with an artist by the name of Sushmita Mazendar, who has a studio in Arlington. Um, hmm. That's about getting into an art studio if you never have and getting your hands dirty and learning how to create art. Hmm. Um, And she invites, you know, groups in, corporate or students or whoever. And so she wants to, Sushmita was a guest on here Hmm. and she had the idea of, you should have Susan have, you know, a release of this album and bring this box that you've been containing the wishes in and we'll unbox them and create art projects with the pieces of paper Hmm. and what the words they contain are. And it'll be this big barometer of what we've been through in the past year. That's great. Um, Wow. So I've been asking every guest, the first thing that comes to the top of your mind, if you had one thing to wish for, be it for yourself, your family, the country, the world, what would it be?
2: Hmm. <laughs> holy moly you have to give me time with that one yeah I know. but uh you know I'm, I'm a little hesitant about all of broadway coming back and all that but i'm glad it's all happening what would it be i don't know just that culture politics is has has made a mess of all sorts of things in the last god knows four years I just wish that uh, culture and art could could connect the world far more than ever before, and uh, I'm not hearing that from Joe Biden yet. But the way it worked with Kennedy and with and with Barack Obama, but uh, that that's my my desire is that people can comm- uh, connect through the arts, you know, because I think that's the healthiest thing that happens on planet Earth.
0: Mm-hmm. So. We need Joe to make
2: Molly Secretary of the Arts. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? Yeah, God, absolutely. God, yes, yes, yes.
0: Because if anybody could do it, she could. Yes, you're right.
2: She should do that. Who do we well, got to talk to, Jeff? Who do we got to write? <laughs> Good talk. Yeah. Well, well hey, we're doing. We're opening the envelope right now. You know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wouldn't exactly. that be great, boy? Well, from our lips, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, you guys anything, are great. Is there anything that you want to plug at all before we let you go about anything that some, anyone should be following? This? I mean, his art show. The art show. Well, that's happening course.
2: in Houston. Yeah, September 9th. It opens down there. But I'm doing a, uh, a cabaret up at Barrington Stage in the Berkshires on the 24th uh, that I think is fa- almost sold out, actually. It's a big uh, deal up there um I was gonna do all wilderness at Hartford stage my daughter my eldest daughter is getting married and that trumped and I hate that word but it's right it, it, uh, <laughs> now I can't do that production because I have to be there for my daughter's wedding so uh other than the cabaret at uh barrington stage and the art show in houston that opens september 9th that's that's what the the future is i I am doing a bad news bears remember that movie with walter Matthau? yes yeah yeah, we're, we're developing a uh that's been in development and i'm playing that role and the music is fabulous so hopefully that will happen on broadway or something in the next year or so we'll see that's
0: awesome but yeah
2: yeah yeah yeah
0: maybe cool. maybe they can get kevin klein to replace you in our wilderness
2: <laughs> yeah right <laughs> well they uh when we were doing urine town and they were going to make a movie of it back in you know 2003 or something they brought kevin in to play my role so i had to go out and stand there with him and his wife and his kids and uh, well anybody's gonna do it could be kevin i guess i, I would support <laughs> that <but> anyway <laughs>
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for having the patience to stick around and
2: talk to us. We hey, really appreciate it. I'm glad it worked it. out. I'm glad it worked out. You guys are really great. Lots of We
1: fun. hope to see you in D.C. soon. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Or in New York or
0: wherever. Who knows? North yeah. Carolina. Who knows? Um, at a barbecue stand. Who knows? Okay.
2: All right. <laughs> Happy All right, summertime, Jeff. guys.
0: Happy summer to you. You have a good
2: night. Thank you. Good night. Bye. Bye.
0: Thanks so much for spending time with us, Jeff. We really enjoyed it. Fascinating discussion and... um, A painter. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just the Star Trek of it all and everything else. Uh, We loved talking to you. Um, I always wanted to spend more time with you when we were doing a show together, but...
1: And so nice for him to take time out on his little beach trip. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And... Thank you. Um,
0: if you want to know more about us, you can visit www.connersmithmusicals.com. That's Connor with an E-R. You can also find us on Facebook under Connor and Smith. Um, please subscribe, rate, and review to this podcast. really helps us out a lot. We have only got ooh, uh, two more episodes to round out the season. Um Although we might do one more pop-up just to round it to 75 75. because I don't want to end on 74. You know what I mean? Um, So we'll see. We might just do a surprise pop-up on Monday or something. But anyway, it's been a wonderful uh, season. We've enjoyed talking to everybody and there's so much more to come. Uh, But until then, as we always say, turn your heart into art. Bye, everybody. Thank you.